When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, all you dog-loving peeps. Hope everyone's doing very well out there. My name's Tom Davis, host of this podcast, the No Bad Dogs podcast, the podcast we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Thank you for, so much for joining me. Uh, today, we have a podcast uh, that has it's with a client, and she's dealing with a lot of things a lot of you guys out there are, are probably dealing with, or you might deal with, or uh, somewhere along the lines you're going to deal with. And so uh, she's dealing with a dog that has has a bite history, um, and she's trying to figure out the best way to move forward. Is it something that's going to be dangerous? Is it is it a situation that's um, going to be too much of a liability to move forward? When can she have people over? When, when should she have people over? And and so on and so forth. So we talk about all that stuff. We talk about equipment. We talk about the applications. Um, so a lot of good information here, peeps. And I hope you enjoy it. And uh, really quickly, I want to thank my sponsors, uh, Dogtra. As you guys know, Dogtra is the only e-collar that I suggest to all my clients to use uh, on the podcast as well as on my YouTube videos. And you guys can get 10% off. Thank you, Dogtra, because they're giving you guys, my listeners, 10% off if you spend $200 or more on Dogtra.com. As you guys know, Dogtra just doesn't make, well, I guess if you don't know, now you're going to know, they don't just make remote collar training stuff. They make so many other brand, uh, stuff and, and, and products for you guys to enjoy with your dog. They make this really cool remote ball throwing thing um, so you can reward your dog from a secondary position or even a third position um, just with a remote. Really cool stuff. They make sound boxes. Um, they, they make a lot of really, really cool stuff. So anyway, I, I suggest anybody that's interested in, in, in dog training and uh, bettering their relationship with their dog to, to check out dogtra.com as well as of course my friends over at herm springer herm springer is my go-to prong collar as well as my martingale collars which i'm starting to use now they're just beautiful uh, i put them on my black uh, dutch shepherd and she blings and it's really pretty and anyway so thank you herm springer uh, i really do appreciate you guys supporting me and i appreciate you guys listening so how about i stop talking about this stuff and let's roll right into the podcast uh but really quick guys one more thing if you haven't yet and you're listening and it's enjoying enjoying enjoyful is that a word enjoyful anyway if you guys enjoy this please do me a favor if you haven't yet and review in the review columns however you're listening to this i would really appreciate that let's get into it hello hey kimberly yeah hey it's tom how are you i am well how are you doing very good so i actually just had a we have i'm at my facility now and we have a doggy daycare and there's a small dog that we have like a six foot fence and he jumped the fence oh my goodness yeah so we have another we have another safety fence that goes all the way around that but 
so he's fine. But that was crazy. So anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wrestling a dog. Cool. So why don't we just start, and why don't you tell me what's going on, and uh, we'll get the ball rolling. Okay. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, I have a five-year-old German Shepherd, male, um, and we've had him since he was you know, 12 weeks old. Um, part of the problem was we never had a German shepherd before. We had always had like retrievers, things like that. So when we got him, we kind of went off of the advice of the, the breeder we got him from who told us, you know, don't socialize him with anyone. You know, you want him to, you don't want him to go to everyone, things like that. And unfortunately we listened yeah. And what wound up happening, of course, was he's, of course, fine with everyone in the house and everything. But meeting new people, you know, very, very, you know, just very reactive. So, um, you know, nothing major happened, but we just kind of like then we just continued to keep him away from people because we, you know, we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. We tried, you know, he's very good as far as like, you know, he can sit, stay, uh, you know, plots, foos, all that, you know, English, German. Um, he doesn't come when he's called in the backyard unless he wants to because he has a fenced yard. But, you know, I'm, that's not even the main concern. So basically, um, we started working with another trainer who was recommended by our vet because we to try to bring him into the vet. Basically we have to muzzle him and then they kind of have to sedate him to do their, you know, exam and everything. And they're like, you know, maybe you should try to work with this guy. And we're like, okay, fine. So the guy suggested he be put on, um, uh, fluoxetine mm-hmm. and we put him on that. And, you know, it did seem to, 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 you know, in, make an improvement, um, as far as he didn't seem as like skittish all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy kind of told us how you, you know, he's like, this is how you're going to, you know, introduce him to new people and stuff like that, that come into the home. So um, what had happened initially was my friend had come over and, um, you know, I had had him on a leash. She's like, no, 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 let me, I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm sure he'll be fine. Well, he went, you know, he was going to sniffer and she went to raise her hand to like pet him. Mm-hmm. And he, he nipped her, not, not a bad one. And as soon as he did, it, it's like, he knew what he did and he ran in the corner. This was like over a year ago. So that's right after is when we started working with the trainer. He's like, you know, again, showed us how we had to do it successfully introduced, you know, one of my daughter's new boyfriends to him, completely fine with him. No problem. Another friend, completely fine. Um, then last Friday, my kids had friends over and, uh, one friend he had met before and the other, he didn't, but you know, he was fine. And I mean, the kids were over for about three hours and, you know, playing with him, everything like that. He was licking them and everything. And then when, um, I had had him outside with me for a while, just kind of wear him out. And then we came in and he, he, I had gone went to go to bed and didn't take him with me. And he was like laying there and I guess just almost asleep. And one of the friends was leaving and she bent down to go pet him. And I guess he was half asleep and he looked up and he, he freaked and bit her in the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of a, it seemed like he got startled. Right. Which is what seems to be, the issue with him in general, as long as he kind of knows what's coming, he seems to be fine. All right. It's when he gets caught off guard 
that something happens. And my fear now is that how do I, you know, am I not reading something right that might startle him in the future? I mean, we were very lucky that this girl's a dog person. So are her parents. She's very, I mean, she's 20 years old, but she was very understanding about everything. And she, unfortunately she had to get sutures and, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, again, it was immediate. As soon as he like snapped out of it, he's like, Oh crap, I did something wrong. Like he's never, ever like gone at someone. It's always, if it's something like either someone coming up to him, something like that. Um, so I kind of, I don't know how to go forward. Um, like I don't feel comfortable at all having, you know, the kids have friends over, um, and just like leaving them, I don't know if this is something where I should just muzzle him from now on. I don't, you know, the guy, the trainer we had worked with originally had said, you know, he's like, you know, you could muzzle him, but that doesn't teach him the right behavior. But at this point, I'm kind of like, well, I don't really have, you know, I can't take any chances. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, the two people that he wound up biting were, you know, one was a friend and he didn't even break the skin with her. It was just like a bruise. And this one, you know, it was worse, but at least again, it was only in the arm and she's you know, uh, an understanding person and everything. I was more upset than she was. And I just, I feel terrible. He's not a bad dog at all. Um, I feel like I failed him because, you know, I did not take the proper steps to socialize him when he was a puppy mm-hmm. and listen to this trainer. And unfortunately, you know, since we have gotten him, my husband, and I wound up getting a divorce and, and things like that. So the dynamic in the family changed a little bit. And, I've kind of gotten to the point where I kind of almost feel like until, you know, he passes away, I'm kind of like, I I'm chained to him. I can't trust him with anyone, you know, besides the, mm. the girls, I have three girls. Um, and I kind of, I don't know what to do now in the future. Um, you know, he's very much, if somebody of course comes to the door, like he wants to go through the window and then, you know, if someone comes in, what we would normally do is we have him on the leash and for like about five minutes, he barks. And then he kind of just, he's okay. And he kind of sniffs and then he checks the person out and he's usually fine. But, um, I, you know, I don't know if I could be doing more basically. Right. So it sounds, it sounds to me, um, and and a lot of people deal with, with stuff like this, uh, unfortunately, and, and it is frustrating. Um, the most important thing is, is just keeping people safe. Because for me, right. you know, in these cases, it sounds like, first of all, it sounds like you got a good trainer, so that's good. It sounds like your trainer is giving you all the right advice. I think that everything that he's said and done so far, I, I would agree with for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I say that because I, I talk to a lot of people and working with other dog trainers, and um, normally it's kind of cringy, but no, that sounds, mm-hmm. it sounds like, so that's good. That's a good, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it's really tough to find somebody that's uh, comfortable working with, with these cases. So, um, I would say it sounds to me like every single incident you've had so far as well has been, um, based off of other people's mistakes as well. So I think, yes. I, I think it's important to, in the future, just make sure that when you're, when he's with you or when he's around or when you have people over that they do not go and pet him at all because every single incident thus far has been somebody trying to pet him. Am am I right? You're right. Yeah. So for me, it, it variables. So if you called me and this, this is it, I mean, this is, I was going to say there's a, you know, in this situation, 
Tom, uh, I'm having a problem with my dog. I feel like a prisoner. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, it's stressful or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, management and obedience, but in this case, management comes first because yes. every, every single mistake and every single problem you've had with, what's his name? Gunner. Gunner. Every single mistake and problem you've had with Gunner has been somebody trying to pet him. Right. And so if you can take the variable and you can take, is there a variable? That's the first thing I always look for in situations like mm-hmm. this, regardless of if we're working online or you're in front of me. Is there a variable? Is there something that we can say, okay, this is when it happens. Where's the trigger? Well, and in this case, it's every time somebody pets him that doesn't know him. And so for me, it's a really easy, easy, easy thing to to tell you no mm-hmm. no more of that ever no petting okay. no looking i mean what's the point what what do you get right. out of it you know what i mean exactly you get a 50/50 chance that your dog's going to bite somebody that you care about you know it's just right. a terrible situation so um just completely eliminate that i mean when people come over from now on nope nobody can touch him yeah but i watch dog whisper and i'm good with nope do, i don't care no nope, you're not going to okay. touch him like okay again Where's the art? Where's the return on it's investment? It's not worth it. Yeah, right. What's the point? Fifty-fifty right. chance. So he bites you. Okay, this sucks. Um, or he doesn't. Great. Oh, still doesn't do you any good. There's no. There's no ROI in that. There's. There's nothing. You don't. There's nothing that comes out of that. Right. Um. You know. And I, and I think in the back of of our minds as dog owners, it's like, well, I want them to get better. Okay, but yeah. at, at what risk? Right. You know, the risk of him making that really bad bite because we keep pushing it and then we have to give him up or whatever. Right. That's exactly what I was worrying about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so the, there's no, there's no good risk there. Do you know what Um, I mean? So you just gotta, you gotta be really careful about that. Now, like, and cause immediately I just kind of freaked and I'm like, oh my God, you know, do I need to worry with him? Like my, um, you know, my daughter's boyfriend, who he's completely fine with. Mm-hmm. Same with like my mother, he's completely fine with. They're like, I don't, I don't know how much of that, um, you know, they consider you part of their pack thing is true or whatever, but there he's, those are the only other people he is completely okay with that. There's no, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I, I feel like I probably, he would still be fine with those people, mm-hmm. but like, I worry because my mother's like 74 you know, but it's like, he kind of knows like she's older and he even, he even acts differently towards her. Like he won't run into her and like he does with us playing and stuff like that. Um, you know, do you think I would still be okay with him with them? Well, I think again, like behaviorally speaking, um, from the things that you've told me, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the, the short answer is yes, I do. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, but I also don't want you to like push and push and push until it's, it's, you know, until it's not okay. Um, right. But I think uh, judging by, you know, the be- the behavior of what you're talking about, um, I think it I-, I think I think it's safe to say that, you know, he's he's kind of making I don't I don't want to say fair decisions because it's not it's not appropriate for a dog to bite anybody um, right. under those circumstances. But at the same exact time, like it's it's very consistent with what we're dealing with. So if you were to call me and say, which you are, is like, hey, Tom, my dog's biting people. What's the variable? Well, every time somebody tries to pet my dog, he bites them. Okay, we'll stop petting. Um, but I think if he's already cool with the people that are in his life, uh, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't see that. I don't see this as being like neurotic, changing, unpredictable behavior. 
Um, You know, what you said earlier about the dog being okay and then not, well, we were sleeping, we were tired, whatever, Um, Mm -hmm. things were happening. So I think the people that are in his life currently are okay because they've kind of passed that test. And I don't think if you haven't had a problem, I don't think you will, especially if it's been long term. But yeah, no, they only so it's funny because now my dad, he's been okay with my dad, but my dad's like, he's about you know, he's almost six feet tall. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he's a bigger guy and stuff like that. Gunner is fine with him, but like he, you know, one time when we like first, like within the first couple months we got him, um, you know, my dad came in the house and it was dark and he went to, um, like go pet him and Gunner freaked and he like, he didn't bite him, but he like snapped. The first time Um, you said? Yeah. Yeah, this was like years, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and now my dad's just, he tends to be like a nervous person. He kind of, you know, some people are just kind of twitchy mm-hmm. and they, you know, Gunner seems to be unsure about that. So that kind of makes me nervous with him. Um, I don't know what it is. It's not like I, Gunner hasn't gone to attack him or anything, but I just, I think I feel, I hate to say, I don't want my dad to see the dog, but he doesn't usually anyway, it would be like, he would have to come over to our house or, you know what I'm saying? So it's very much like we had two instances and this was just when the girls, like we have to do this thing in the yard, right. Where we used now, now anymore, we don't have to, um, we have to like kind of catch him to take him in. Mm -hmm. And the one time my daughter went to grab his collar and he turned around and he opened his mouth and he caught his tooth. It wasn't like a bite. It was like, he caught it. Um, like he went to look, Um, and then the same thing had happened with my other daughter, like a year later, same exact thing. He was like drinking water outside and she went to grab his collar to bring him in. And he did the same thing. That's the only time that has ever happened. So I, you know, I told him, I'm like, don't grab him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Even digging a little bit deeper into that variable. Um, and, and, and psychologically it's kind of like a health problem too, where you're like, Okay, we have this back problem. It's it's identified as the back, it, which in your case would be reaching for the dog, right? And, yeah. And then and then you kind of like start going, well, it's on this side, and then you get deeper and deeper and deeper, and then you find the muscle or you find the tendon or whatever. So you 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 dive deeper, but that's what I mean is like it sounds to me okay, it's when when strangers pet the dog, but in actuality, it just sounds like he doesn't like anybody touching his collar or doesn't like anybody um, reaching for him or grabbing for him, which not necessarily as fair for people but again like if you your main goal is how do i protect my dog and and the people i care about from not biting another person correct well okay we we know there's one thing in particular that he does not like and he will do the thing that you do not want him to do he will do the thing that you are trying desperately to 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 get rid of or trying Mm -hmm. desperately to not happen again so you cannot let people do these things. Now, as far as your dad and the other people and stuff like that, I think you're going to be I, – I, I, it's hard – even if you worked with me in person, I can't guarantee – nobody can guarantee oh, anything. I totally understand that. There's, I totally understand that. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of – I... Yeah, there's a lot of people who call and, 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 and email and like, well, what's the guarantee? It's like – There we, is no guarantee. There's no guarantee. <laughs> we just wash that away. We're like, okay, next. Yeah. Like we just – it's no, so yeah. frustrating for anybody to – expect any type of guarantee on on animals it's crazy but 
Um, so anyway, so can't guarantee that'll happen, but I'm telling you, like, if, if everything else is fine, except for this one thing, you just <laughs> have to, the people that are going to be around him and you've made a decision to say, okay, he's good with these people. You just tell him, look, here's the thing, guys, just tell him the things that we're talking about. Say, okay. judging, judging by everything that has happened with this dog and everything that, um, you know, we've been dealing with or all the negative things that's ever happened from this dog, it's all been because of this. And so we need to really make sure that we're, we're, we're not doing this. We're careful about it. He obviously is sensitive to it, um, and and so on and so forth. So that's that's really what it comes down to is protecting your dog in the future, protecting your friends and family in the future. But mm-hmm. as far as sustaining the success as well with the people he is okay with under most circumstances, just letting mm-hmm. him know, hey, look, by the way, guys, we've kind of like came to a conclusion that if we think about it, every single bad thing or every single negative thing this dog has done has been because we are reaching for him, we're grabbing him, he doesn't like it. Well, why does he not like it? That's a different conversation. Um, yeah. When will he like it? That's another different conversation. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, he had, so as we, you know, through the years of trying to teach him, we've brought him to different trainers, right? Mm-hmm. And the one trainer was just, it was a complete, complete nightmare. And he, uh, it was just horrible. Um, he, he had one of the training collars on with the prongs, prong collar. Mm -hmm. And this guy just pulled him so hard and yanked him that he got wounds on his neck. Sure. And of course we never went back there. Um, and I feel horrible because I'm the one that picked the trainer. I thought this was supposed to be a good place and Oh mm-hmm. God. I mean, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised <laughs> that that's probably one of the reasons I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm not a dog per like meaning, you know, yeah, trainer. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, sure. But you know, if he maybe thinking back to that, my question in regards to that is, okay, so what happens is let's say someone comes to the door and I want to go put him in the bedroom. So when I go to reach for him now, in no mm-hmm. way has he, he's never done any of these things to me. Mm-hmm okay, I need to get the dog in the room, right? Yeah. So usually what happens is I go to grab him and then he'll like jerk his head away. And then either the, cause we don't keep the, I usually don't keep the pronged collar on him in the house unless we're going for a walk or outside. Mm -hmm. So his like safety collar snaps. So then I, you know, I tell him the plots and then what will usually happen is he'll lay down and like, you know, expose his belly, like, Oh crap, now I'm in trouble. And I'm able to go put on the collar, put on the leash and bring him into the bedroom. But what I'm concerned with is like, okay, let's say one of the kids has to put him away. Now they're two, like my, I have twins that are 20 and another that's 19. So they're not kids, kids, kids by any means. However, he definitely listens to me better than he listens to them. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to, I don't know how to like do that to where, okay, we have a safe way of putting him, you know, in the bedroom um, and also making him stay while we get out of the bedroom and not try to run out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do we get a, we used to have a, a kennel for him, mm-hmm. but then as he got bigger and he didn't do anything in the house, we didn't, we're like, well, we don't need it anymore. Cause you know, we always like, oh, well, it's when we go, you know, somewhere we put him in the kennel. Yeah. So now I don't know, like, do I get another kennel just to make sure, okay, he's in there so that, you know, accidentally the door doesn't open and he run out when, you know, someone, let's say is there, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying just to like cover all the bases, but at the same time, knowing like there's no way 
as things are right now, he's going to be okay and just walk into a kennel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, and I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, that you're not supposed to keep the prong collar on when you're not doing training. Is that correct? Yes. Or? So, yeah, good question. Um, I mean, you, you definitely want to, like, keep the prong when you're training. Um, if it stays on throughout the day, it's not really a big deal, to be honest with you, because um, it's not it doesn't do anything. I mean, the, the prong collar on a dog is just jewelry. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. that, that's not, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's not a big deal. But I mean, there are certainly, certainly, certainly certain things that, um, that you could run into that could, that could cause the dog, you know, if he gets it caught on something, there's a safety issue there. Um, exactly. and so, so it's really more about safety, like any other collar. It doesn't have to be the prong collar. It could be a slip collar. It could be, you know, there's so many different things, but, um, I, sure. I think it's more about that than anything. Um, but I want to go back to what you were saying about, um, trying to, so let's just rewind a little bit, trying to get the dog to you, um, without having to mess with this collar or something like that. Um, so that's a great point, And that's something I was going to talk to you about is your overall obedience with him will also help, uh, help with, with the situations you're dealing with, with him as well. Okay. So okay. working on his recall, working on his place command, his crate, whatever reason you need to get him into the room. Right. I would be working on that as much as you possibly can to ensure you, there's no conflict between you guys at all. Okay. So th- those are some things I would be working on. So let's say um, Joe Schmo and Tammy Lane are coming over and <laughs> you need to say, okay, well, this isn't uh, the best situation for Gunner um, because, uh, I don't, first of all, I don't want to be paying attention to him. I care about my dog, so I don't want him to make a mistake because I don't really you know, know how these people are with dogs. And I, I also don't want my, my, my company to, to feel uh, you know, like they're you know, in a situation either. So anyway. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, Gunner, come. He's going to come to you into your room. You're going to tell him, go in your crate or go into your place or whatever. He's going to do that. You're going to say, good job. You're going to give him a bone. You're going to turn on the music, and you're going to do your thing. So you're going to keep it really, really, really successful. Um, And you're also going to keep it – you're just going to keep it easy and simple. So you don't have to grab for him. You don't have to make it a big deal. You don't have to make him feel like he's being punished or anything like that. Um, So practicing that. But – Again, the most important thing is is practicing that before you actually need to do it. I think a lot of people fail um, be- right. because of that, you know, thing. They 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 um, they you know say, okay, um, I need to work on this situation with other people. So we'll wait for people to come over and we'll try it during that time. <laughs> and it becomes obviously very counterproductive because right. you definitely don't want to practice that stuff when because he'll yeah. it's funny he'll know like when i'm like he'll know normally he'll come in the bedroom with me because that's where he sleeps is on my bed with me mm-hmm. and if it's a different time of day and he's kind of like wait a minute are you going to lock me in here mm-hmm. he'll like stand at the threshold of the door sure. and just kind of watch so <clears throat> like what would be what would be a way to get him to to you know just more consistently do that without him thinking in his mind oh wait i have to like avoid this area so I don't get locked in. Right, exactly. Same thing I was just talking about. So condition it uh, as much as you can before you actually need to use it. So you're desensitizing the process 
um, the best you can to to make it fun, fun and or um, beneficial and um, something that he's not afraid of and something that you do on a regular basis and he gets rewarded for. So it's a positive thing. So you're desensitizing the process. So do it 20 times, for an example, do it 20 times a day for a week. And then on that weekend, you do it. He's like, heck yeah, I'm coming in there. I'm getting paid, you know, um, and then. So he's not, <clears throat> he's not food motivated at all, like at all. Oddly, I know. But he just like that does not do anything for him. So, mm-hmm. what would be something else maybe that would? Yep, I'm with you. Good question. So it's not really odd, honestly, with you. To be honest with you, because a lot of people actually go through that. They're like, you know, my dog's not food motivated. So for me, it's always a nice challenge because I'm like, okay, you know, this is this is great. You know, the, mm-hmm. the purely positive trainers would 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 tell you to to um to go out and get like some some crazy imported uh chicken that's basted in you know yukon gold for what you know whatever so anyway so it's more of a challenge for me and what i what i would say for you to do is to um just work on creative things to get him motivated so squeaker balls toys just saying his name and sometimes it comes down to hey my dog doesn't like anything like nothing Mm -hmm. my dog won't you know won't respond to anything doesn't like anything whatever well, then you have to get creative. You have to use your leash. You have to use uh, voice inflection. You have to use positive uh, just voice, just getting the dog excited to get in there. Good job, buddy, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to, to do that. But you just have to get creative, I think, is the answer to that. Okay. Yeah. And okay. If, if so leaning into all this, um, one thing I, I definitely would be recommending for you, um, just because he's had – Mm, he's had some situations, and we don't yes. want any more situations. Uh, right. The the best thing for you too is is to also, um, I, I would I would recommend for you to be doing maybe some some uh, some e collar work as well, because um, that will that's really, what yeah really that's help. what the other trainer recommended. So we we I do have one. However, shout so, out other trainer because the other trainers giving you all the good stuff that's good yeah yeah he so we would put it on him and it's like sometimes he would respond sometimes he wouldn't Mm -hmm. so and then you know he's like you know you want to get him into the habit of wearing it without you doing it at all just so he doesn't you know like associate that so we did and that was no problem but then Mm -hmm. like when i'd go to use it like oh wait great sometimes it worked the next time it's like it didn't work Mm -hmm. So I kind of, and I still have this, and I've been watching your videos and I'm, I'm getting better. I still have this mental block when it comes to using one of them. I feel like, oh my God, that's a horrible thing that I'm doing to him. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't like, if we want to keep him, we have to, we don't have a choice. It's kind of the where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the e-collar, you know, is something that could be used for a lot of positive associations as well. And it's something that you can use on a regular basis to make him more confident and to help with his recall, to help with his understanding off leash and, mm-hmm. uh, and all that fun stuff. So, um, I would be using that as much as you can. And if you're not consistent with it and you're, you're using it and you're looking at it and the training associated with it is, um, you know, one of those things that you're like, eh, I don't really want to have to use it. Like for me, it's a privilege. Like having the e-collar on my dog is an absolute privilege and, the ability to work with a dog off leash is also a huge advantage that a lot of people don't 
have the opportunity to to do and so i would be looking in that again as an advantage as something that you can use uh as leverage um versus any other thing that you can do so using that pressure and release system off leash to get him into certain situations and of course if there's an oh crap moment where you need to correct him because he got off leash or he ran out the door or somebody let him out or something um i think it's a mental thing too because for me dealing with dogs that are a, a bit mm, uh, a bit edgy or has a bite <coughs> history um, due to certain uh, strain of events, whatever that is. Um, you also have to make sure that you're doing everything in your power um, to to manage these situations. So for me, it, it's also like that, that oh crap moment where um, there becomes an association to the big brother that's watching type thing where if he has been if he has been communicated with one time off leash and he's like, Oh, okay. And it doesn't have to be a correction at all. It can mm-hmm. just be, you tap the remote on a low level and he looks at you and you reward him. And he's like, well, that's crazy. You can touch me from here. Uh, his mental state of mind changes as well. And that's something that I've been like really okay. pushing to people, um, you know, as much as possible. I mean, just think about the first time that we used a cell phone versus like a corded phone. We're like, wow, this is amazing. I had no idea you could do this. Right. Or, you know, I, I equate it to um, also too like people's behavior changes once they realize they're being they're being filmed or they're on camera or whatever. Um, right. You know, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing or a good thing in a negative way or a positive way. Um, but I think behavior changes. Once once an animal realizes that you can reach out and touch him from a half a mile, then things change. Because here's the thing is steak is on counter. You're in mm-hmm. living room. Dog goes to kitchen on counter, grabs the steak. You run over there. He gobbles it down before you get there and it's gone. Right? So he knows right. that. You can't get to him until you're physically next to him. And then if you grab him, you correct him, you grab his collar, you, whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do when you get there. Mm-hmm. He knows um, he could do whatever he wants until you get there, regardless of it's malicious or he's stealing dinner. Okay. Now, transfer that situation and that behavior to simply having a pager, which is a, which is a, uh, a vibrating stimulation for a dog, Mm-hmm. From a distance, which is like your iPhone, right? Right. He jumps up on the counter, Fido off, right? And he gets down. You're, he's like, whoa. That changes the game because you've, okay. you've corrected him from the other room for the first time. So he's going to go, okay, whoa, I never, okay, this, yeah, I thought is, about that. this is a little different. So then he does it again. You hit him again. He's like, wow, gosh, you know, this is consistent and on time. And you're sitting in the couch. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so so his behavior will will certainly change. It's it's all conditioning. It's all mm-hmm. conditioning. It's the same thing that if this dog were to get out of the house and go to this spot where the neighbors put their leftover scraps every night after dinner, he's going to condition to to know consistently that this is going to happen when this happens. Every every night when I sneak out of my gate and I go you know, to the neighbor's house, I'm going to eat what they ate, you know, last night, mm-hmm. whatever. It's conditioning. It's the same exact thing. So dogs have an, have an understanding with that. It's funny because when he, um, like he, we obviously try very hard that he doesn't get out into the front of the yard because there's no mm-hmm. fence. So the last couple of times it's happened, he immediately will like 
go and run right to the back and try to get into the backyard. Mm, yeah, exactly. So like he knows like that that's where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, good or bad, I don't know. It's kind of bad in a way because he doesn't realize as much as he pushes his head on the fence there. He's not going to get through it. But because <laughs> he mm-hmm. just wants to like, I don't know if it's like an oh shit moment, like, oh crap, I, I, I need to get back into my yard. I did something bad or mm-hmm. what, but thankfully he doesn't like go and try to run off to people or anything like that. So right. that part, I guess is a good thing, but, um, sure. yeah. so, so, so that's my point is like, take that scenario and, and if he's off leash and you say gunner, leave it cause he's going towards somebody he doesn't know or simply gunner come. Mm-hmm. And he goes, mm, I'm suspicious of this because I'm a shepherd and that's what we do. And you go, actually, that's not true. This is what I do. Gunner, come. He ignores you. You have two situations, right? So what he's going to mm-hmm. do is he's going to go down and investigate. And there's a good chance that person's going to be any other person and try to pet the dog. Hey, buddy. And then bang, they get bit. So right. you say, Gunner, come. He ignores you. You correct him on the e-collar. He goes, oops, turns around, comes back to you. You've just you've just made a, a situation so successful through a microsecond of unpleasant stimulation that stimulated and corrected and aversively told the dog that they were making a bad decision because you care. It's the same thing mm-hmm. as, as if a dog was running into oncoming traffic. I Actually, I don't want to say there's not one person because there actually are people who believe in death over discomfort. So there's, there's mm-hmm. actually people out there that I, I've even seen it firsthand, unfortunately. They will actually euthanize dogs before they tell them no Mm. not even correct physically correct them pinch them nothing they won't even tell them no they will actually euthanize the dog or drop it off at the shelter it's insane so anyway that's crazy so but exactly so the majority of sane humane people wouldn't blink at correcting a dog for non-compliance if their life depended on it right so Mm -hmm. having that having that ability to do that from a half a mile is invaluable to you and the history of, of your dog and, and, and the, some of the things that you may have to deal with in the future. So I, I agree 100% on the e-collar um, training for you would be, I think, very beneficial for sure. And is that something like that you would leave on him all the time then? Yeah. The I mean, e-collar? So, oh, great question. So for me um, – the e-collar is, is equivalent to when somebody says um, – because, again, like, it, it's about safety, right? And, right. And you don't and, – and, and unpredictability, right? Because you don't know exactly what's going to happen and when. So for me, it's it's really about thinking about more or less other people. So it's your, it's your seatbelt. So your seatbelt's okay. on, right? And right. you're thinking in your head, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm a pretty good driver. Nothing's ever happened or the person I'm with, I trust them, whatever. But you're going to put your seatbelt on every time you get into the car, right? And it's right. it's more because you are just in case and you have to worry about other people. So the environments um, that you work in and the things that you encounter that you can't control, the uncontrollable variables is why it's highly suggested for people to – leave equipment on that are that goes off leash because you just don't know you just don't know so anyway does that answer your question yes so yes so first thing in the morning you pop your e-collar especially if you have a dog that can make a mistake and their life depends on it right i mean it's a no-brainer it's like hey you want to you want to you know you want to pop this on your dog and make sure um 
you can control your dog. Uh, if something were to happen or the, the mailman popped into your garage for some random reason, I hear those stories all the time. They've never done that or it's never, you know, whatever. And then that's, right. the, that's the problem, you know? And so anyway, so just be, just be, uh, conscious of, of those things for sure. Um, right. that, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that you're not going to be able to control that are going to happen. You're going to be like, I can't believe that happened. And it does. Right. So, anyway, just, just be okay. Yeah. Just be aware of those things for sure. Right. Right. Okay. So definitely keep that on. That yeah, makes and, sense. And why not? doesn't do yeah. anything. It doesn't, I mean, that's the thing. People, people ask me that all the time. Same thing with the, with the prong collar. Should I leave it on all the time? Well, the prong collar is a little different because it could get snagged on something. That's right. I'm thinking if we aren't, as long as we're home with him, sure. it goes on. What's but the, if we leave, have it off because I, you can't control what happens when you're not there. So I, I just don't see why not. I, I it, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to say, to even ask, you know, I, I get it. People are curious, you know, but it, you know, I, I, what I do for e-collars too is I usually do like a dog to 280C with a, with a bungee strap. So the bungee strap makes it uh, really comfortable uh, for the dog to wear throughout the day hmm. when they turn and they flex and the collar can mm -hmm. kind of expand. And, and um, yeah, so first thing in the morning, you take it off, you know, you, you make it, you condition him so he gets a treat. Mm -hmm. First thing in the morning, you get you get up, you know, he, he gets he pops his e-collar on, you give him a treat for sitting nicely as you put it on, you give him a break, you let him outside. And it's so nice to wirelessly it's the same thing like if you're hiking. Just to have that walkie talkie on you right. attached just to somebody case. else, just in case. You know, you say, Hey, you go you go ahead, I am gonna be back here or something. It's just it's just good peace of mind to know that you can communicate wirelessly. It's just such a nice thing and and um and the only reason why it's not universally used across the world as much as it should be is because there's people out there like that trainer you deal you dealt with unfortunately mm -hmm. before that are using them wrong and it just is unfortunate it's yeah. it's very sad um it's it's it sucks for other people who who need it and and can you know I have I I travel a lot. I go to Colorado a lot. I live in the Adirondacks. We have mountains. We have streams. We have unlimited hiking trails. Mm -hmm. And there's some people who use it just for recall, so their dog can hike with them and enjoy their life. They adopted a dog from a shelter who had a really crappy beginning, and they adopt these dogs and they bring them on these hikes and they hike for miles and they they hike for months or they live out of their van or w whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's some people in certain countries who don't have the opportunity to have that off-leash control because other people are using them inhumane and improperly. And it just is, is. so I right. guess my point is, is what I'm telling you mm -hmm. sounds like, well, man, this is great. This is, this is amazing. Why, why didn't I think of this before this e-collar thing? And, and, and it, it should feel like that. And it is like that. It really is that wonderful and that universal and, and that effective and efficient and helpful to you and your dog. However, mm -hmm. okay, the why isn't it available to, to everyone and why isn't everyone using it? Well, because that's why people don't know how to yeah. use it and whatever. Yeah, properly yep. and everything like that. So. so now would you also recommend that I, um, because you, usually now the only time I use the muzzles when I take them to the vet, mm -hmm. should that be something that is also more of like, okay, we're going to practice taking it on, putting it off just because so yep. he doesn't kind of, cause right now what I need to do is kind of have him sit in front of me and like whip it out and like right. get his nose in it. Otherwise he like starts shaking his head to try to, like, you know, yep. not have it put on. Yep. 
All of the okay. above. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. definitely. Um, so conditioning anything. So if you're going to use something in the future to help your dog cope or to help manage a situation um, that could be a little uh, stressful, mm-hmm. and you're saying, okay, I want to use a muzzle or I want to use an e-collar or I want to use, you know, clippers to clip my dog's nails or whatever. You know, all these things are realistic things. Um, yeah, condition it so it's fun. It's 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 okay for them, you know, to to use mm-hmm. and, and they they enjoy it or whatever. Absolutely. Okay. Okay, good. Condition it, peanut butter, put the peanut butter at the end and give them all that and um so, Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, okay. Totes. Yep, totes. Just just use that, um use that, absolutely, and condition it. So that way when you're like time to go to the vet, he doesn't know that. You whip out the muzzle. He goes, heck, yeah, we've been doing this for a while. He gets that peanut butter. You throw him in the car. You get to the vet, and you're good. I mean, the vet's a different story. I mean, that's a whole other conditioning pro- process, you know. But right. um, but anyway, I, I think, I, I think yeah, definitely. The, the answer is yes to anything that you may need to manage or make things more safe for people in the future. And how, like, each day, how long is the proper amount of time to devote to this? For what? Like, for the conditioning, for getting him, let's say, used to a right, place where, like, the doorbell rings and I want him to go on his cot and mm-hmm. stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, okay, somebody's coming over and we need to get him in the bedroom. Like, how how much do you practice that each day? Great question. Um, it's not so much about, like, a, an exact time, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a cumulative of the day. It's more about short and sweet. Keep it short and sweet. Keep it easy. Keep it fun, more importantly. Um, okay. So I, I would be doing this for fif- 10 to 15 minute sessions as many times as you can fit in throughout the day. Okay. Yep. So short and sweet, 10, 15 minutes, dogs excited to work. Uh, they're excited to get out. They're motivated. They're happy. You're working with them. And then you end it. You end it on a good note. You end it okay. on a high note. And then the next time, you know, an hour or 45 minutes uh, next, you're, you're ready to rock and roll again. And they're, they're, they're excited to do so. So. That's, that's, that's what I would suggest. Yep. Yeah. That's a good question. Okay, cool. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things people have a, I think they have a hard time conceptualizing because what happens is, is if you work a dog too much, then they check. It's just like with kids, they get cranky, they check out. They check out. Yep. And then it becomes very stressful and non uh, productive and all that fun stuff. Right. Right. Um, okay. Those are. Those are good things. Um, yeah, the, the the trainer I was working with before that, you know, brought up the e-collar, he was great and everything, but the, ol- the only way he does things is he sells them in, like, groups of 10. Packages. And it's, like, yeah, like $1,200 at each mm-hmm. time, which I just can't do right now. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, um, you know, I saw the success you have and everything like that. So I think I definitely will be contacting you more in the future. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I do have a question about something, can I email you? Absolutely. Or... Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, you can email me um, for sure. And 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 again, like I have a I have a ton of um, as you probably know, I have a ton of content on YouTube as well mm-hmm. uh, in regards to to the e collar, the introduction of the e collar. And I mainly did it for my online clients and and for other people. You know, I, I'd rather people mm-hmm. if they're going to do it by themselves, I'd rather them watch you know the videos of me doing it with with a dog um you know so anyway so i i do have walkthroughs i have tutorials on how to introduce the e-collar and um okay. all that stuff so that's something i would yeah I would i'll recommend. definitely look into that mm-hmm. those as well yeah definitely 
Um, let's see what else do you, um, have you had any, um, experience with like giving dogs, like, you know, the, the, um, Prozac, things like that, or have I had experience with it? Yeah. Yes. Um, a lot of our board and trains come in with it. Obviously our board and trains are, are suffering from some sort of behavioral, um, I don't know, behavioral problems, I guess, or whatever. Um, so yes, we see it, uh, often and, um, we deal with it often. And a lot of times we take them off of it because, um, people just need structure. They need obedience. They need, um, so Prozac isn't going to, like, if you were to say, would Prozac help me in my situation? Uh, you're not, you're not dealing with high levels of, of stress and anxiety where your dog is running around the house screaming and can't breathe because they're so, um, right, right. You know, like stressed out about the situation. You know, that's that's not happening with you. So that's not warranted to to take medicine and medication that's going to decompress that behavior for the dog. Just like with people, right? You know, a person has problems in life and they're struggling with it. It's but it's not a mental uh, disability, and it's 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 something that isn't um, isn't debilitating uh, to a point they're just having a, a tough day a hard day a hard mm-hmm. month a hard mm-hmm. week whatever you know it's it's I, I personally don't think it's beneficial to just turn around and take you know get prescribed medicine to to mask it or to to right you know right or something so yeah i i think you know i think for for you and what you're dealing with training uh mm-hmm. exercise uh, engagement leadership structure guidance is is all of the remedy of what what you'll need to to make a more mm-hmm. successful uh, situation with your dog in my opinion okay um is it so the the muzzle we have is one of like it's like one of the plastic ones and it's got mm-hmm. like the one strap where you have you like loop it through on the back is that the best kind to get like or would i be better off with a different kind or yeah, you can get the um, – I like the Baskerville muzzles. I also went to the vet, and they had, like, a leather hard muzzle, which basically is, like, some of the mesh muzzles you'll see, um, which are basically just let the let the nose out, but it shuts the mouth so they can't, mm-hmm. they can't bite. Um, those are really nice uh, as well, um, but the Baskervilles are also something – Baskervilles is what, what we use. So it okay. has – yeah, it has a strap that, that secures everything. Um, okay. So yeah, I would recommend Baskerville as far as muzzles go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed there were certain like um, prong collars you recommend. Um, mm-hmm. Is like I I have one, but I don't know if it's like okay if I should just keep using it sure. or. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so what I would say is uh, prong collars are a tool, right? They're they're, they're mm-hmm. a tool used. Uh, you know, I always I'm big on like. You know, dog training is art, and it's 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 nothing that like you just slap something on a dog and that's it. It's and that's a lot more than that. It's a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, the the tools that we're using in dog training are really important. Uh, in the the size, uh, the 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 not only the size but the brand, making sure that the brand is is producing good uh, good quality stuff. So the Herm Springer, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, a German product that I've been using for all of my professional career and um they're the they're the best i mean you can ask anybody about that that's not just me because i'm i'm partners with them that's just i got lucky um but they're the best um so the difference between the the herm springer working and helping your relationship with your dog 
is as crucial as getting the right prong collar and the right fit for you and your dog. It's big. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, maybe what I'll do is when I get home, I'll snap a a picture of the one we have Mm -hmm. if you want, and I can show it, like send it to you. Or if you think I should just go ahead and get the other one without even seeing it. But I want to make sure I have the, like, it's the right fit to like, you know, even the one I get, I'm not quite sure what I'm looking for on that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's big. Uh, you know, I do have videos on that too, on how to properly fit a prong collar. So you might want to watch that. I'll check those out. Okay. Yeah. That'll probably answer a lot of your questions to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that proper fit, the proper size, uh, the proper prong, all that stuff. Cause people don't realize there's different, there's different size prongs too. So that's big. Uh, Yeah. So it's not a one size fits all. There's like four or five different sizes of the actual gauge of the prong. Um, Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it makes a huge difference. It's the same thing as getting a wrench. Hey, go grab me a wrench. Okay. (laughs) What size? What are we working with here? Right. What's the application? It's just tools. It's just a, it's just a way to, you know, same thing. Get a flight. Okay. To where, where am I going? Like what, what am I using? What application are we talking about here? So, yes. Uh, and, and, and again, like I, I, I produce a lot of that content for people such as yourself that um, just have no idea about all of that stuff. And okay, don't... yeah, I'll definitely go back and, and take a look at those. Yep, suggested for sure. Perfect. All right, well, thank you very much. This was very helpful um, and informative, and I will... Um, you know, I, I just definitely will contact you again in the future. Okay. Um, Great. Yeah. That sounds good. It was nice to meet you. It was nice to chat with you. Same here. If you have any questions, uh, reach out. But I, I mean, before you, I mean, I'll, I'll, I have a lot of the videos online, so. Um, okay. Yeah. I'll check those out first and, you know, make sure it's not something that's already been answered. Okay. And sounds yeah. Good. Okay. It okay. sounds good. It was nice to talk to you. Have a wonderful day. Same here. I wish you the you best too. of luck. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, you guys, that's a wrap for today. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I hope that this was beneficial. I hope you learned something from it. I know I did every single time I talk to a new dog owner. I'm constantly evolving and building my repertoire and how to get better in uh, new situations. So every single day I try to get better. And this session was one of those sessions that um, you know helped build me up as well and give some new creative ideas to new do some new stuff, put a new thing in the in the bag to pull out later. So anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't yet, please do me a favor and review this podcast on the podcast platform. I would appreciate that very much. And um, I hope everyone has a wonderful day, wonderful week, wonderful weekend. However, whenever, whatever, I will talk to you guys next time. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.